She took her last breath in my arms. A senseless shooting that shocked San Antonio. A six-year-old dying in her mother's arms on what should have been a joyous day. It's a random act by a reckless, heartless individual who could not have cared less where those bullets wound up. Three years later in the community, shocked again after the suspect given a 25-year plea deal. I'm Lee Waldman. And I'm Erica Hernandez. This is Texas Crime Stories, a Mother's Day tragedy. It's day meant for celebration, Mother's Day. For Cassandra Mendoza, May 9th, 2021, was anything but joyous. It was a family tradition for Cassandra and Julio Garcia to take their kids to car club gatherings. Here's Cassandra talking about how much her daughter, Soraya, loved car shows. She would tell her dad, look at the wheels, dad, they're big. Look at all the lights. She begged her dad to take her. That's what we did. She was out having fun. They got to the gathering on Commerce and 24th Street, and the kids got to look at the cars. But as the family was about to leave, an altercation broke out. Here's Julio talking about that night. Before I knew it, I looked at my left-hand side. People were banging on the door saying I almost hit the truck. I hit the truck. I remember someone opening up my door. Uh, they hit me. I was bleeding from the nose. Cell phone video showed several people surrounding their vehicle. And in a second video, as they drove off, you hear gunshots appearing to come from an individual on the left-hand side of the screen. And then I heard... Cassandra Mendoza say something hit her. As the family stopped at a nearby gas station, they realized Cassandra had been grazed in the back by a bullet. And as they checked their kids, they noticed Soraya was bleeding. She had Soraya in her hands, crying, saying she was hit. I seen so much blood. I thought it was hit from the neck. Soraya was hit in the upper torso and would later die as a result of her injuries. The family was devastated and the police immediately began their investigation and search for the suspect. SAPD Chief William McManus had officers work around the clock until that person was in handcuffs. With eyewitness accounts and evidence from the scene, it didn't take long for police to find the suspect. The very next day, he was in custody. Here is Chief McManus, who held a press conference after the arrest was made. The suspect in this case, his name is Andrew Ray Elizondo. He's 23 years old. He was an acquaintance of the victim's mother. This was not a domestic violence related incident. This afternoon at about 2.30, he was arrested and charged with capital murder. I don't have words that adequately describe the, the, the atrocity that was committed here by, by Mr. Elizondo. It's a random act by a reckless heartless individual who could not have cared less where those bullets wound up. While Elizondo is now behind bars, Soraya's family was dealing with their tragic loss. She took her last breath in my arms. <laughs> I will never forgive Andrew, never. So I remember when this happened, Lee, because as a mom, this was just devastating. This is Mother's Day and it was just such a tragedy that Soraya lost her life and it was so senseless. 
so senseless and so random. I wasn't here at the time when this happened, but on the one-year mark of her loss, I went to the family's gathering, and I met her grandmother, Cynthia, and her mom, Cassandra, and they still carried around her urn with her everywhere that they went. And it was just, you could still feel their pain, and they had no justice because this person who was responsible, who they knew very well, still had not been sentenced. Yeah, so kind of some backstory on the charge itself. So Andrew Elizondo gets arrested, and he is charged with capital murder of a, a child under 10. But then when the indictment comes out months later, it's just a murder charge. It had been reduced. Um, there was questions at the time. Why? I kind of get it. And I, you know, th- they have to really prove intent as far as that he meant to kill this child. That was an intent. So I could see why that could have possibly been downgraded to a first degree murder charge instead of the capital murder charge. But nonetheless, you kind of want the book thrown at a person who's committed such a horrific crime. Exactly. And a person who knew this family well. When we were at the court hearing for this, Cassandra was talking to Andrew Elizondo and was saying, you were telling me the Easter before how beautiful my daughter was and how lucky I was to be her mom. This was someone that they knew well and who knew Soraya well, but still took her life in this way. So of course they're going to want the book thrown at this person. The community did. And it was it was obvious also that it was something that SAPD thought it was worth charging him at the time with capital murder. But once it gets into the DA's hands, things change and they present to a grand jury. And I always kind of want to make it clear that when you know we tell these stories, we kind of remind people they get one shot at presenting to a grand jury. And it's up to that grand jury on how it proceeds from there. So I think they were also trying to play it safe with just doing the first degree murder charge. Yeah, I think that you're right on that. And I think Playing it safe is one thing, but also is that really justice in the end for this family? I think that's kind of left up to question. And, you know, their swing, they hit. They grand jury decided to proceed with those charges, and they moved forward with this case, and it ended up in a plea agreement. Which is baffling to me at this from this point, because I understand going to the first-degree felony, but you have eyewitnesses. You have video of this reckless shooting that took the life. Yeah, maybe you could offer, he could say, I will plead guilty for a plea deal. But it was the amount that they allowed this to go for. 25-year plea deal. And let's also point out that the family, Soraya's parents, Soraya's grandmother, who had been her advocate since she was killed, they weren't aware of what this plea deal was going to be for until they got into court and heard it themselves. And they heard it at the same time Andrew Elizondo was given that in court. So they weren't aware that this was going to be that small of a sentence. That is frustrating because I've always felt, and it's something I see and have seen recently time and time again as these families are going in not knowing what the full scope is that they're the person who's committed these crimes and gets their loved one is almost getting away with you know i i can't help but wonder 
yes, there's not an amount of time that's going to bring her back, but 25 years for a six-year-old's life, tragically cut short, who was loved by so many, with time served, he could be out in almost 12, maybe 11 years if he's granted parole. But that is when he could be eligible for parole. And he's in his 20s. Let's also bear that in mind. So in his 40s, potentially, he could be out, 50s. So even if he, if he served the whole 25 years, he still can live life afterwards. I was shocked. Because I know I didn't get to go to this this sentencing hearing because I had something else going on. So you went. And when you sent me the text, 25 years, my mouth literally just dropped. Yeah. And you heard the family inside like the courtroom start to sob and heads dropped as well. So I think that also was very shocking to them. Now, I, I asked them, I was like, is this justice? Is this, you know, do you feel like this is enough punishment for this person who took your who took your little girl? And they're like, no amount is going to be justice. This is our next chapter. At least we have that chapter closed and we can move on to our next, which is trying to start to heal from this. While I was wondering if they had any will toward the district attorney's office for this, what I see as a low sentencing and low punishment for this person. They said, you know, they appreciated the DA working with them and trying to get this through as quickly as possible so their family didn't have continued suffering. So it seems like from the outside, while we had some upset feelings about 25 years, the family was more at peace with the fact that at least this was done now. I think that's probably an honorable way to look at it because at that point, what more can be done? You know, at least, like you said, they have that chapter close it's still infuriating I know as a mother myself if I the man who you know hurt my child was only given a 25 year sentence I would not be a happy camper (laughs) mama bear would come out (laughs) and I think it would have come out before but the fact that I think is upsetting to me is Time and time again, what I'm seeing with with families that are going in to the courtroom is how in the dark they're in when not knowing that you're getting a 25 year plan sentence before the actual plea is not okay. I'm sorry. It's not okay. Right. And the family did bring up the amount of time he would be serving. Um, Soraya's mom uh, gave a statement. Uh, so did her dad. Her little brother wrote something in. Her grandma wrote something in. Her, her grandpa spoke. Um, family friends all spoke. Her aunts, uncles. It was a packed courtroom. It was a packed courtroom. And so I want you to hear a little bit about what uh, mom said in this case. I forgive you for what you did to me. I forgive you for ripping my child away, but I hope you suffer the next 25 years. Lee, I don't know how many... I've talked about victim impact statements in the past. You sitting through one. How was that for you? Oh, yeah. Tears just streaming the entire time. It was so sad. Um, Soraya's little brother, he wrote something in, and Soraya's dad read it. And it was... This child was talking about, you hurt my sissy. Why did you have to hurt my sissy? You hurt my mommy, my daddy. And they were just... To hear that from a child wanting to write about their sister who was taken away from them. Because it happened in front of him. He mm-hmm. was sitting in the back seat of that car as well. So this like also traumatized 
her brother, you know, who's going to have to live with that memory of his sister for the rest of his life. Exactly. And the family kept reiterating, you told us how beautiful our daughter was. You told us how lucky we were to have her. Andrew has his own kids. So it's just like, you knew this child and you still took her away. You were still so quick to pull a gun. Like You just had Easter with this family just before this Mother's Day and told Soraya how beautiful she was. And now you're also getting ripped away from your own kids. It just, it, none of it makes any sense. And people are so quick to pull these guns and they're in a, a state of anger and they're just, this is our solution. That's not your solution. That should never be a solution to an issue. What was Andrew's reaction in the courtroom as this is all going on? He was very stoic throughout the whole thing. I mean, he really didn't have any big reactions whatsoever. Occasionally he put his head down and he'd look up and he looked at the, the different family members as they were speaking to him. So at least he showed them some respect in looking at them, but he just kind of would stare and he'd put his head back down. Cassandra had talked about um, in past hearings uh, and court appearances, how he would sometimes smirk at her and, and just kind of like make like little like, just looks in her direction that just felt disrespectful. But at least during the sentencing, I didn't see anything like that from the angle I was sitting at. Now, we've, we've talked about this, and I know you, we mentioned how the family is now moving forward with another chapter. And part of that is Soraya's legacy. And they have, since her passing, created a nonprofit organization in her name called Soraya Liana's Blessings. And they're working really hard to give back to the community. Yeah, they've done back-to-school drives for backpack giveaways. They've sponsored families for Christmases. They help families have Thanksgiving celebrations. And whenever the Uvalde tragedy happened, Cynthia reached out to me, Soraya's grandma, and she was just like, I know how they're feeling losing a child to gun violence. And they offered a lot of support, however they could, to the Uvalde families as well and wanted to let them know that they weren't alone in what they were feeling and the heartache that they were experiencing because that's something their family had experienced too. It's really good though to see that this is their way of keeping her memory alive. They have a Facebook page and I've checked it a few times. They're very active on it. You know, grandma, mom, they're constantly updating on what they're doing, what they have going on. And, but it it's always makes me smile to see Soraya's face because she had the cutest smile. Like, she just looked like she was just so full of love and and that she was also well-loved. Yeah, she was extremely well-loved, and they generally take her urn everywhere with with them. I mean, uh, Cynthia tells me she talks to the urn a lot just so she feels like she's still talking to her best friend because uh, Sarai was her best friend, and she feels like she can still joke around with her. Uh, Cassandra, you know, she they have other children, um, she has her husband by her side. And so as a family, they've really banded together and they're doing everything they can to make sure Soraya lives on through them. And they're living in a way that honors her legacy and would bring her joy if she was still here. And we will have a link up on our website to their nonprofit organization. If anybody wants to help out or reach out, I'm sure they would love to have um, more involvement as well. Absolutely. Thanks for listening to this latest episode. We'll be back soon with a new one.